50 people are said to have been killed and many more injured in a blast at the Jabalia refuge. It seems to me like the Western world will continue to look the other way or outright champion the ongoing ethnic cleansing in Gaza and the pogroms in the West Bank uh, with, with no end in sight uh, and that uh, there will not be some kind of... It, I might be totally wrong, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be this uh, violent retaliation from Iran-backed militias in the region that draw Israel's attention elsewhere. So it just kind of seems like what is happening thus far is going to continue happening until, I guess, the... the uh, Israel's interest in blood is satiated. Refugee camp in northern Gaza. <clears throat> well, those figures come from the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry, which also says the camp came under Israeli fire. We're yet to hear from the Israeli military. The BBC is still establishing the details. Pictures from the scene, as you can see, show people searching for survivors and pulling bodies from the rubble. Now, Israel earlier said... Its forces are striking targets in all parts of Gaza with fierce battles being reported with Hamas. Let me show you these pictures from Israel's defense forces showing their troops carrying out ground operations. The IDF says it has encountered anti-tank missiles and machine gun fire as they advance into Gaza. A spokesman said it was hunting commanders of Hamas and attacking infrastructure. Meanwhile, this video was released by Hamas. They say that the people you can see surrounded by tanks are in a firefight with Israeli soldiers in northern Gaza over the weekend. The Palestinian Red Crescent says the area around the Al-Quds hospital in Gaza City has again been under heavy... Yeah, no, Israel, since then, Israel has, of course, confirmed that the strike was done by them the on Jabalia. The health ministry says more than 8,500 people have been killed in the past three weeks. Israel says over 1,400 Israelis were killed in the Hamas attacks on October the 7th. Well, let's go straight to our diplomatic correspondent, Paul Adams, who's in Jerusalem. And Paul, what more can you tell us about uh, the blast at the Jabalia camp? <clears throat> well, Matthew, I think you've shown some of the pictures. They are pretty shocking. That crater is huge, an absolutely enormous hole surrounded by vast quantities of rubble and then homes and buildings around there that have been obviously severely damaged either There's in the body course here. of uh, this incident or perhaps uh, over the course of the last three weeks. Jabalia, in case viewers are wondering, is the largest of the refugee camps in the Gaza Strip, home to around 115, 120,000 people before uh, this war began, uh, packed into an area of about one and a half square kilometres. It's not tents, it's, it's buildings that have been there for decades and tightly packed streets. And yeah. we think, judging by the number of people who are there looking in the rubble to try and find bodies and survivors, there are still hundreds, maybe thousands of people still in the area, despite days and days of Israeli warnings for people to leave northern Gaza. So it is likely that any airstrike on Jabalia uh, and this does how is this okay i can't believe this i mean what's it say what, what, do, what do we say at this point just there's nothing there is it's not okay there is uh there's not really much people can do in this situation it's just you have to you have to keep applying pressure to western governments to shut the money faucet and shut the bomb faucet or at least threaten to shut the missile faucet
and the money faucet to Israel unless they unless they uh, do a ceasefire and engage in hostage negotiations. Not okay. I I it, don't feel hopeless. Just continue, continue applying pressure. Call your congresspersons. Demand a ceasefire. They will educate people on what's going on um, with hopes that they will stop, with hopes that like at least the Western government will apply some kind of pressure. Because that's the thing that uh, the Israeli government fears the most. If they didn't fear, if they did not fear Western pressure and Western retaliation in the form of like, not sanctions necessarily, but like uh, even a threat that they will stop giving uh, an open check to Israel, um, they wouldn't always engage in Western-focused propaganda so aggressively. I'm not hopeless. I'm not hopeless at all. I mean, I, I'm sad. I'm sad seeing the the death toll. I'm, it's, it's, it's impossible not to feel sad when you know that 3,000 children have been ruthlessly slaughtered by the Israeli Air Forces, by the Israeli Defense Force, by the Israeli Occupying Force. 3,000 more children have been murdered by Israel in the last three weeks than the entirety of children that died, that were, uh, that were killed, died in war since 2019, which includes Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Think about that. Meanwhile, you see the fucking psychotic theatrics that are deeply anti-Semitic and trivializing of the Holocaust from Gilad Erdan, and the UN Commission, uh, the the Israeli uh, ambassadors to the UN, putting on a fucking Holocaust uh, star, a star of David invoking the Holocaust to keep the bombing on the children uh, continuing. Just absolutely unimaginable, dude. Like, oh, dude, it's my personal Holocaust. If you don't let me kill 3,000 more children, that's your, that's your, that's the message you want to send to the international community? What a fucking barbaric and completely and utterly psychotic thing to do. Please. It's ridiculous. No one trivializes the Holocaust more than Israeli officials. It's fucking nuts. Like, the never again, uh, the, the Star of David, like, putting it on, adorning the Star of David at the UN that says never again in it. While you are currently engaging in an ethnic cleansing campaign against a population that is 50% children? Come on. I mean, there's nothing... I mean, it's, it's, it's like... It would be funny if it wasn't so fucking psychotic. Here is the official response. And this is the Times of, military, Times of Israel military correspondent, Emmanuel Fabian. Manny Fabian. I mean, he, he's a pretty good resource to understand what the fuck the IDF's doing. Um... According to the IDF, Ibrahim Biari was one of the Hamas commanders responsible for directing members of the terror group's elite Nakba forces to invade Israel on October 7th. <coughs> the IDF says the airstrike in Jabalia was part of a wide-scale strike on Hamas operatives and infrastructure belonging to the terror group's Central Jabalia Battalion. According to the IDF, the Central Jabalia Battalion took control of sev several civilian buildings in the area. The strike damaged Hamas's command and control in the area, as well as its ability to direct military activity against IDF soldiers operating throughout the Gaza Strip, the army says in a statement. So yeah, this is the, this is the second thing that Israel does. If they, if they don't take responsibility and immediately blame Hamas or Islamic Jihad or whatever, then they will take responsibility and say, we told you there's Hamas there. It says, 
Numerous terrorists were killed with Biari and underground terror infrastructure embedded beneath the buildings used by terrorists also collapsed after the strike. Yeah, this part I, I don't believe at all, but whatever. The IDF also says it reiterates its call to the residents of the area to move south for their safety. Now, if you want to understand uh, the brutality, here is uh, the... <clears throat> here's the IDF attack and its uh, response from... Uh, uh, an IDS spokesperson talking directly to Wolf Blitzer. Yes, I can. We went, we were focused again on our target, a senior, senior commander Wolf. And we'll be updating uh, you with more data as the hour moves ahead. But even if that uh, uh, Hamas commander was there amidst all those Palestinian refugees who are in that in that Jabalia refugee camp, Israel still went ahead and, and dropped a bomb there, attempting to kill this Hamas uh, this Hamas, Hamas commander, knowing that a lot of innocent civilians, men, women, and children, presumably would be killed. Is that what I'm hearing? That's not what you're hearing, Wolf. We again were focused on this. Command motherfucker's Scottish, bro. What the fuck? Yo! At first, I thought he had an Israeli accent of sorts that I had never heard. Yo! What the fuck? Am I... Are my ears deceiving me? Are you fucking telling me? He moved to Israel when he was four years old? That's not what you're hearing, Wolf. We, again, were focused on this commander. Again, who you'll get more data who this man was. Uh, killed many, many Israelis. Uh, we're doing everything we can. These are, it's a very complicated battle space. There could be infrastructure there. There could be tunnels there. Uh, we're still looking into it, and we'll give you more data as the hour moves ahead. Yo, I'm losing it. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm fucking losing it, dude. Like, listen, Wolf. There was children there, but we had to kill them. But you know that there are a lot of refugees, a lot of innocent civilians, men, women, and children in that refugee camp as well, right? This is the tragedy of war, Wolf. I mean, we, as you know... Oh, he's so sad. Look at how sad he is, man. You don't understand. Wolf, it's a tragedy. These children have to be fucking slaughtered, okay? They have to be slaughtered. What we've been saying for days, move south. Civilians that are not involved with Hamas, please move south. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to get a little we, bit more information. Uh, you knew there were civilians there. You knew there were refugees, all sorts of refugees. But you decided to still drop a bomb on that refugee camp attempting to kill the Hamas commander. By the way, was he killed? I can't confirm yet. There will be more uh, updated. He, yes, we know that he was killed. Um, about the civilians there, we're doing everything we can to minimize. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll say it again. Does anyone believe this? Like, I mean, you have to be, you have to have, like, you have to have an Israeli boot lodged so far up your fucking mouth that it is, like, impacting your brainstem to be like, yeah, no, they are definitely trying. They're trying, but, oh, God, they're just so silly. They're silly billies. Like, oh, man, they're trying so hard, except 3,000 children. It's just such a sad state of affairs. They try so fucking hard. I love the argument that people always fucking turn around and, and present to me, which is so, so utterly disgusting, morally abhorrent, and also stupid, where it's like, oh, they could just nuke Gaza. No, they can't. You want to know why they can't just fucking nuke Gaza? Because it's literally, like, it, it's like nuking North Carolina from the border of South Carolina. 
You can't fucking just nuke a town next door, okay? The idea that they, if they wanted to do ethnic cleansing, they could do it so much better. No, killing 2 million citizens is very difficult, okay? It is a very difficult endeavor. It is not as easy as you think it is. It takes a long-ass fucking time. And not only that, but also... Israel has to do it in a way where, like, the rest of the world doesn't go, dude, what the fuck are you doing? This is literally the Holocaust. So they have to do it in a way that makes it seem like they're doing it morally. Although everything that Israel is doing fits the legal definition of an apartheid state and everything Israel is doing in Gaza right now especially fits the legal definition of a genocide. And don't listen to me, listen to a Holocaust historian who has said as much, okay? Israeli historian and and uh, Holocaust scholar claiming that Israel's treatment of Palestinians in Gaza is a textbook case of genocide. This was, of course, at a time when only, and I can't believe I'm saying this, 2,778 people had been killed with around 10,000 being wounded. This is from Roz Segal. He wrote an article on the Jewish Currents, professor of Holocaust and Genocide Studies at Stockton University. Segal wrote that Israeli leaders and officials have made their intent clear, noting Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant's comments about fighting human animals and Israeli Defense Spokesperson Daniel Hagari saying the emphasis on damage and not on accuracy. If you listen to the IDF telling you that there are... Uh, if you listen to the IDF and believe them when they are telling you, oh, there's Hamas here, that's why we had to blow them up, then why don't you fucking listen to them when they also said, we're shutting off their food, we're shutting off their water, they are human animals, we do not care about their safety and security, we are there to bomb indiscriminately. It seems like a lot of people want to just not hear that part of the conversation and only focus on the parts where Israel, in the aftermath of yet another bombing campaign that was objectively brutal and unimaginably cruel, says, oh, they deserved it. Israel's official account on X, formerly known as Twitter, said, unlike the barbaric enemy we're fighting, we do everything we can to keep innocent civilians safe. They don't. They do not. Segal said Israel is pe uh, perpetrating three of the five acts that fall under the UN Convention's definition. The dropping of thousands and thousands of bombs in a couple days, including phosphorus bombs, as we heard, on one of the most densely populated areas around the world, together with these proclamations of intent, this indeed constitutes genocidal killing, which is the first act. Israel is also perpetuating act number two and three. That is, causing serious bodily or mental harm and creating conditions designed to bring about the destruction of a group by cutting off water, food, and, and, and supply of energy, bombing hospitals, ordering the fast evacuation of hospitals. Segal added, noting that the World Health Organization has called the orders to evacuate hospitals a death sentence for the sick and injured. So we're seeing the combination of genocidal acts with special intent. This indeed is a textbook case of genocide, he said. In his op-ed, Segal also said that the leaders in the West had reinforced this racist rhetoric of Israeli leaders and officials by describing Hamas's attacks as evil. This dehumanizing language is clearly calculated to justify the wide-scale destruction of Palestinian lives, the assertion of evil in its absolutism. It leads, elides distinctions between Hamas militants and Gazan civilians and includes the broader context of colonization and occupation, he wrote told Democracy Now! that the attack by Hamas was a horrendous war crime, but using the term evil to describe the militant group is to decontextualize and enhance the widespread fantasies of Israelis today that they are fighting Nazis. He referred to a recent television interview where former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett lashed out at an anchor asking about the Palestinian civilians suffering in Gaza by declaring, we're fighting Nazis. There is a long history of the shameful use of the Holocaust memory, which Israeli politicians have used to justify, rationalize, deny, distort, disavow mass violence against Palestinians, Segal said.
And it has allowed also a view to develop that, is, that sees Israel as somehow exceptional, providing it impunity. The truth, however, is that all perpetrators of genocide actually see their victims as dangerous, vicious, as inhuman. That's how the Nazis saw the Jews. And that's how today Israelis see Palestinians. They are behaving in a manner that is absolutely consistent in the same exact way that Nazis behaved during World War II, okay? In their treatment of Jewish people. This is not my assessment. This is Holocaust scholar Roz Siegel's assessment. Anyone that tries to declare that this is anti-Semitic is just an absolute fucking delusional moron. Anyone have a link to the article? It's a Newsweek article, but you can also find the interview on Democracy Now. Wow, calling anyone you disagree with a delusional moron typical. No, I'm calling people that specifically deny the, the absolute truth that is in front of their eyes if they choose to see it. If you consider what Israel is doing in Gaza anything but absolute truth of the internet, no, it's not the... Don't try to, like, trivialize this, okay? You consider... What Israel is doing in Gaza, anything but a deliberate ethnic cleansing campaign, okay, that fits the legal standards of genocide, you are blind. You have to be delusional. And they confirmed it. They confirmed the killing. They confirmed that, you know, there were civilians that died, that were murdered in their attacks on the Jabalia refugee camp. Here to be an airstrike, that kind of crater is really only consistent with a large munition dropped from the air, then it is almost inevitable that large numbers of civilians who have chosen uh, to stay in the north will have been caught up in this. The, that figure of around 50, which uh, is the number counted by journalists on the scene from Agence France Presse, that appears to be a, 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 the minimum number of people caught up in this obviously huge are israel's war crimes technically u.s sponsored yes without america's approval without america's logistical support without america's support israel would not be able to conduct this ethnic cleansing campaign explosion they are well, using our bombs some of the geography of the gaza strip but over the last week and more we've heard from the israelis urging people ordering people to leave the north to go to the south south of the Wadi Gaza. Just tell us a little more about where this camp is within that sort of geography, north-south, and this, this line that the Israelis have talked about. Yeah, so Jabalia is north of Gaza City, so it's between Gaza City and uh, the, the border fence with Israel. So it is not far. So you're against sending money to Israel? Brother, are you fucking kidding me? Do you know how much I have championed sanctions on Israel for... Like, if you think this this is the first time I've said we should absolutely stop sending money to Israel, you are out of your fucking mind. Yes. And, and you know who else said that? Bernard motherfucking Sanders, okay, when he was running for president. He said, we have to stop giving money to Israel, okay? We have to stop giving money to Israel as long as it continues its ethnic cleansing campaign. I don't know where he stands now, but when he was running for president, he had the courage to openly say it. More politicians should be openly saying it. More politicians in the Western world should be saying, enough is enough. You have to stop unless we do a ceasefire immediately and an end to an occupation, an end to this occupation immediately. Not a single dollar goes into Israel. 
Anthony Blinken wants to send aid. I just watched him talking about sending aid. Yeah, they're fucking genocidal monsters in the American State Department. Of course they want to send aid. They already have. Why do you think there was such pushback on the hospital but not the refugee camp? I mean, if the if the Israeli officials said we didn't actually bomb Jabalia and that uh, it was also another Hamas rocket, there would still be plenty of back and forth in the media about uh, about how maybe there's a... Maybe it did just kind of do that to itself. It's also much harder to disprove. 6,000, uh, I mean, uh, uh, six tons munitions and and uh, the crater that it leaves behind is impossible. U.S. Army sent a B-1B long-range strategic bomber to Injudik base in Turkey. Hit top refueling of the B-1B warplane was carried out for the first time in Turkey on uh, Tuesday. Well, that's also one of the other reasons why I think it's fucking laughable when Erdogan says, oh my God. Uh, I'm going to show you, Israel, uh, that you're wrong. Remember, those are the same bases that were utilized in the fucking coup d'etat that failed in Turkey. But guess what? Turkey's relations with America could not be better, okay? In theory, Erdogan could fucking talk shit all day, every day. But in practice, there's no love lost. After all, America allowed Erdogan to take control over the northern Syrian corridor. What do you think happens there? Kurds live there. What do you think that hap- what do you think happens to them? A parallel can be drawn in the way that America utilizes Kurdish militias in the Middle East anytime they want to fight against any kind of combatant or engage in destabilizing actions or literally uh, use the the Kurdish militias that they train and arm against other militias that they also are responsible for creating like fucking ISIS, right? And then when they're done, when they've outlived their usefulness, they just fucking allow Turks to come in and do whatever the fuck they want. This, in a way, draws a parallel to the way that the Iranian administration views Hamas and any kind of Palestinian resistance against Israel. Kurds are seen not as a uh, group that is ethnically displaced that has 35 million living in diaspora with no fucking... uh, no state, okay? But instead, a group of, of militants that they can use upon that time and time again, America has absolutely fucking left behind. Iran uses a, a uh, emancipatory need that Palestinian people have that is expressed in different ways by arming and training uh, more, more uh, fundamentalist groups that are interested in uh, uh, violent retaliation and using them against Israel as a destabilizing force because they see Israel as a continuation of America in the region. But as you have seen in this last back and forth that turned into yet another ethnic cleansing campaign, Iran's interest in Palestinian emancipation is, is not necessarily one born out of uh, a, a real interest in in helping Palestinians at all. It is a interesting to think that it's, it's just like uh, what is it the the Russian dolls? It's like that. It's a it's a sequence of it's a sequence of different uh, uh, regional actors utilizing militias against one another. Uh, the Matroshka nesting dolls, exactly. Don't you think Turkey are colonizers in the same way Israel has colonized Palestine? I'm very critical of Turkey's actions, Turkey's actions against uh, Kurds in general, both in its internal affairs and certainly in, in Syria and other uh, parts of the region. 
But to make this comparison and say that like uh, Kurdish people live under similar conditions that uh, that that Palestinians live under in Israel is not correct. Absolutely incorrect. It is it is not a it is not a correct comparison to make. It's just not true. And I say this as someone who believes in a nation state for Kurds. As a matter of fact, although um, Kurdish living conditions, especially in Turkey, are far from great, it would be a dramatic improvement if Palestinians were treated in Israel in the same way that Kurds are treated in Turkey. That would not even... It would literally be like... It would be considered... World peace, like global peace has been occurred. It, it, the global peace has been established. That's how bad the situation is for Palestinians. By the way, just in case anyone keeps asking, it's not just Ross Seagull that says genocide is happening. The Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention has just published their own assessment on the going genocide on their Twitter. Yes, we're going to talk about the, the leaked memo and, and uh, the right-wing, that corresponds with the right-wing think tank close to Netanyahu and their interest in... in uh, moving Palestinians into Egypt and how they would achieve such ends in an effort to permanently occupy northern parts of Gaza, if not the entirety of Gaza, and engage in ethnic, massive ethnic displacement. Come on, okay. Uh, didn't the Turks kind of genocide Kurds too? What a wild take. This is not a wild take at all. One that I believe most Kurds would agree with uh, as well. Like if the situation, if, if the if the situation for Palestinians, which is so dire, the situation for Palestinians is so dire, this is not to say that, like, Kurds are in a great situation in Turkey. I'm not saying that at all. Far from it, as a matter of fact. But it's, uh, it's similar to my comparisons to Jim Crow South and, the, and the, the horrifying nature and the horrifying violence that black people were subjected to in the Jim Crow South. I've told you this before. <coughs> Historically... If you look at the Jim Crow South and pogroms, if you want to call it that, that occurred in the Jim Crow South, those conditions for black people are, are similar to the conditions that, uh, similar to the conditions that, that Palestinians experience in the West Bank right now under an apartheid structure. The situation in Gaza is worse than that. The situation in Gaza is worse. I'm Kurdish, and I don't understand what we gain from making this comparison, to be quite honest. Can Chatter stop using our statelessness to engage in debate, Lordism, please? Well, for many Chatters, I think it's just a way to get, like, uh, a Turkish guy on the back foot, they think, because they don't know what my opinion is on, on uh, developing a, a Kurdish nation-state. Developing a Kurdish nation-state and, and also uh, a Kurdish emancipation... They don't know, and they think like, oh, he's Turkish, so he hates Kurds. Like, he wants to fucking uh, kill Kurds. It's, um, it, it's pure whataboutism, I think. It's uh, simply utilized as a distraction. I would assume that people... I would uh, assume that people utilize it because... Um, people, people use it because they just, like... Uh, have heard someone else say it like uh, I don't know I don't know if anyone else has like made this comparison recently but I, I suspect that that's where it comes from usually have you also said if Palestinians were treated how black people are treated in America it would be infinitely better yes I have said that it would be an unimaginable improvement on the on the living conditions of Palestinians in uh, under the the apartheid regime because I mean the reality is that the the uh 
apartheid South African conditions are most similar to the Palestinian conditions now. And apartheid South African conditions were, of course, far worse than, uh, than, than uh, what black people experienced in America, especially in the 90s in America. There's still, America is still a white supremacist nation. It still has legalized slavery through its criminal justice system, and it's continued its uh, ongoing efforts to enslave black and brown populations through uh, a, a more legal structure that I find abhorrent. But having said all that, it's not even a, it's not even a thing. Like, it's just ridiculous to assume that... Uh, <clears throat> It's ridiculous to assume that like their conditions now would be akin to uh, or, or worse than uh, apartheid South Africa or apartheid Israel. I, as a white man, have no legal protection if I decide to take a black man's property. Israel backs the settlers who take Palestinian property. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a comparison, guys. It's not. There is no... There is no... It, it is one of the uh, worst, worst cruelties that is ongoing, that is happening with our... Uh, with our full-throated support. Not a comparison. Like, remember the, the black jogger in Atlanta and the, lynch, uh, and the lynch mob that came for him and killed him? Those guys went to jail, okay? When that same thing happens every single fucking day in the West Bank, it's... When... when people even dare to protest against a, a straight-up murder, the police force comes in and kills everyone, like literally with live ammunition. Think about that. And, and no one is held accountable for it. It's not even a comparison. Not a single Israeli goes to jail for such a thing. Don't you think they're paying the price for what they did to the Ottoman Empire? You are a fucking psycho, dude. I hate this Turkish uh, concept of, like, the Arabs betrayed the Ottoman Empire and thought that, like, the British would be... Uh, better to them so they deserve to be ethnically cleansed 100 years later is like an absolutely unimaginably and laughable nationalistic notion you are psychotic it is crazy i hear it i hear what people say how is it nationalistic if it's arabs turkish nationalism also features the ottoman empire in all of its glory um Turkish nationalism has uh, two different planks. You have Panturanists who believe in like a like a larger Turkic mythology, uh, and and some that uh, look at the Ottoman Empire as well. So we're gonna read the Financial Times uh, article on on uh, Hamas's uh, uh, capabilities in a second. Are from the kind the areas where Israeli forces have been pushing in on the ground. They're not there yet. They haven't reached those really densely populated areas yet, but they are gradually pushing forward on a number of areas in the north. At the same time, we've seen the movement of Israeli forces south of Gaza City, closer to Wadi Gaza, uh, in what looks like an attempt to cut off Gaza City from the rest of the Gaza Strip. That would be entirely consistent with the messaging that we've been hearing from the Israelis really since this war began three weeks ago, which is to try and tell everybody to move south of that line. They, the Israelis feel that they, are, they have a lot that they need to achieve in the, the wider Gaza city area, that that is where many Hamas fighters will be located. That is where a lot of the 
bunkers and tunnels that we've heard the Israelis talking about a great deal in, over the past few weeks. That's where all of that is located. Uh, and so I think it is likely that as the days go by, more and more focus will be on this very, very densely populated area. Um, what we don't know is how many people, civilians, remain in, in that area. We do know that there are thousands of people sheltering at Shifa Hospital, where the Israelis allege uh, that Hamas has bunkers underneath. We know of thousands of people sheltering at the Al-Quds Hospital in another part of Gaza City. And there are UN schools and medical facilities dotted about this entire area where people are still sheltering. So that we, it, it is safe to assume that there are still many, many thousands of people who run the risk of being trapped in Gaza at the very moment when the Israelis turn their attention to it on the ground. Only this time yesterday or around this time, we heard Benjamin Netanyahu absolutely adamant there would be no ceasefire. It's interesting, just in the last couple of hours, the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has said humanitarian pauses must be considered in Gaza. At, uh, he was talking to a I mean, at least uh, once the death toll has reached 8,000 with 3,000 children, now even Blinken who previously was saying no red lines, no red lines, there's no there's no line Israel can't cross is going, uh, uh, humanitarian pauses, please? Maybe by this time next week, when the number is uh, around 20,000, they'll finally say, okay, we should really do a ceasefire. And when it reaches 30,000, they'll go, okay, ceasefire now. Are they just going to try and annex Gaza City? I don't, I don't, I mean, annexation is a very, very, very difficult endeavor. I don't think that they can do that. I don't think they have the capabilities of doing that. The Israelis are trying to advance the coast so people will likely, people likely won't be able to actually get out now. Oh yeah, that's the other thing here. Um, but yeah, IDF's box uh, confirms. Blitzer, you know there are a lot of refugees, innocent civilian men and women. IDF spokesperson, heck, this is our tragedy of war, Wolf. We've been saying this for days. Move south. So... Uh, here is the ongoing activity on the ground. Um, this is all the northern part of Gaza. The Palestinian Interior Ministry in Gaza said the occupation forces are trying to reach the Al-Rashid Street from Salah al-Din Street on the eastern side on the outskirts of Gaza City. So they have uh, started coming in uh, from the north and they are moving as well all the way to the beachfront so they can shut off the entirety. So they can shut off the entirety of northern Gaza. Why is annexation difficult? Um, I don't know. Ask motherfucking Russia. Okay. Annexation is so fucking impossible to do unless the civilian population already is like uh has been ethnically displaced a ton of uh years ago, like for hundreds of years. Okay? I'll give you the, an example. Okay, Russia cannot annex Ukraine, but Russia was able to annex Crimea with very di uh, little difficulty. There is a difference. Why? Because the ethnic uh, Crimean Tatars had already been ethnically displaced for hundreds of years. <laughs> so the majority of the Crimean population was already Russian. That's why there's a major difference between, for example, the annexation of Crimea versus the invasion of Ukraine. You cannot invade a country and, and assume that you can just maintain this country 
America can't even fucking do it. The only way to be able to uh, full-blown annex a nation and, and maintain its population is by basically doing some kind of genocide. Even then, and that is what they're doing, but even then... A permanent occupation of northern Gaza is very, very difficult. I know that that is the interest here, according to uh, internal memos and also right-wing think tanks close to Benjamin Netanyahu who have talked about the annexation of, of northern Gaza and what to do with it. But there are still hundreds of thousands of people there. They will understandably fight back. They will be busy with Hezbollah soon. I don't think so. Like I said, I think that... Uh, that either due to some uh, private correspondence, private back and forth, and possible normalization occurring with Iran through private channels. Death is a cup from which... Or, I don't know, I don't know what the other reason could be. Um, it doesn't seem that... Uh, well, and also due to the, the dire economic uh, situation in Lebanon, I do not believe that... Uh, I do not believe that Hezbollah or uh, Iran is is all too excited to join uh, and open up new fronts uh, for Israel. There's also two fucking aircraft carriers in the region, Americans. 900 soldiers have been deployed, two aircrafts, uh, two aircraft carriers. There is uh, just posturing with cryptic statements from uh, Iranian officials and Hezbollah as well. But beyond that, it's mostly just... Uh, Iranian-backed forces like uh, the Houthis in Yemen and, and Hezbollah uh, just, you know, sending rockets into uh, northern, uh, northern Israel, but it's just pot shots in comparison to what constitutes like an actual full-blown ground invasion. Senate <clears throat> hearing, but uh, even that, even a, a pause looks really unlikely at the moment, doesn't it? China said that they were sending their Navy ships Things are going to get heated. I don't think so. I mean, China has two competing interests. One is their uh, is their their trade relationship with Israel, which is very important. But two, China also, of course, will always try to undermine America's influence. Chinese Navy ships are in the region due to regular. I mean, not even in that region, but like uh, Chinese Navy uh, has has been conducting. Uh, training operations, you just got hinkled, in my opinion, when you think that, like, China is going to go there and, like, fucking fight against America. Especially because uh, Chinese operations, especially against the United States of America, have always been incredibly restricted, incredibly tempered. I think it does, and, and actually a pause will not even affect Gaza City at all. The Israelis have made it clear that nothing that goes into Gaza, no aid that goes into Gaza, will go north of that Wadi Gaza line. That, for the Israelis, is absolutely essential. They're happy for aid to go in to the south, uh, to the area where many, many hundreds of thousands of people have fled and are now sheltering, some of them in tents. But uh, Elon sent this, said... If you want any more indication that Gulf nation states don't care about uh, Palestinians, Saudi Arabia assured the Biden administration that the kingdom is still interested in pursuing an agreement that would normalize relations with Israel after the Gaza war ends in the White House. Yeah, there you go. For all of you who who thinks that like uh, the Ummah uh, or or the Gulf leaders would ever uh, reflect the interests of like the Muslim population around the fucking planet, Saudi Arabia 
has been America's greatest ally. Saudi Arabia literally did 9-11 and America was like, you're our fucking goat. You're our king. We love, we love your oil. Okay. Saudi Arabia and Israel have in, in all but name already uh, had good relations just because it's not like officially recognized does not change that reality for and this is this goes for all of the gulf nation states this also goes for turkey the interests of the the populations are not reflected by the actions of their leaders you have to remember this okay and this is especially so in like a fucking muslim theocracy like saudi arabia it's a kingdom. The theocratic monarchy. Of course it doesn't. They don't give a shit. There's no fucking democracy. The population, of course, is understandably on the side of the Palestinians, but they can do whatever the fuck they want. Same goes for Turkey as well. Erdogan can talk a big fucking game about like one minute, one minute. Oh my God, I'm so mad about Israel. I'm so angry. Ah, but ultimately... As uh, one of the chatters correctly pointed to, they're still going to use American bases in Turkey, because Turkey is a NATO ally, to refuel their fucking bomber planes, or, uh, or, or Turkey is going to continue its like actual relationship with Israel. China is supplying Israel with level 4 body armor. They also sold tanks to both sides of the Iran-Iraq war back in the day. By the way, even the people are not on the side of Palestine? That is not true. You're absolutely wrong about that. That is racist, vitriolic, anti-Palestinian divisive rhetoric that you will only see in the Western media and in Israeli media. They say, oh, Palestinians, nobody wants them. Nobody wants the Palestinians. That is literally objectively untrue because the Palestinian plight is simply an expression of the same kind of imperialist victims, like the victims of imperialism, that every fucking person in the Muslim world has experienced in some way, shape, or form. They literally see the people on the ground, one million percent, see Palestinians as yet another group of individuals that have been fucked over by American forces, American imperialism, Western imperialism. There, it's ridiculous. And not only that, but I'll take it one step further, same goes for fucking Latin American countries. Same goes for the entirety of the global south. Same goes for the periphery nations. Same goes for the actual people that have been victim to, uh, whether it be IMF and World Bank uh, uh, neo-colonial experiments and, and, and the economic violence they were subjected to, or direct coup d'etats, or, or uh, direct boots-on-the-ground military occupation. That, that much is completely false oh, but many people there are not on their side they have not come forward and said it you're wrong how can you look at even a place like england with 500,000 people taking to the fucking streets england okay 500,000 people taking to the fucking streets demand a ceasefire and you're like oh no the people actually are not on the side of the palestinians no they are even in the western world they are i i do not agree with this i think it's a it's a very weird uh, and and very like racist rhetoric to say and i hear it all the time from those who want to defend israel to shift the blame over to like other muslim countries in the region to be like oh they don't want those they don't want those refugees they don't want those refugees they hate the palestinians they think palestinians fucking suck all they know is like being a refugee and 
and uh, you know, taking billions of dollars from UNRWA. It's that same, uh, it's that same psychotic, like privileged refugee status uh, rhetoric that I hear so much from ultra Zionists. The populations in Gulf nation states, of course, are on the side of the Palestinians. The leadership, however, is not. The leadership is on the side of the United States. These are client states. Gulf countries don't see mass demonstrations because their government are extremely authoritarian and oppressive and would absolutely arrest every single person who dares to think protest. What do you mean? They still happen, though. It still happens. It's been happening nonstop. Christian evangelists in my country went out and marched in favor of Israel. Not that none of them are half-educated, not even the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, so it doesn't surprise me. We're always in support not only of our downfall, but of our oppressors. I mean, yeah, you're talking about fucking evangelical psychos. Also... I love saying that uh, Gulf nations are incredibly authoritarian and crack down on protests while fucking France is right there. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny. It's funny to say this because, like, we don't ever think about how fucking inherently oppressive supposed Western liberal democracies are. And it's like, I mean, look at France. Look at Germany. Pro-Palestinian demonstrations are, are uh, shut down with, with identical fervor that you would expect from an authoritarian country, an authoritarian Gulf nation state. Even there, it's the different. aid that is managing to get across the border from Egypt is just a tiny fraction of what is needed. We've heard American officials and Israeli officials talking in the last couple of days about uh, increasing the number of trucks that go across the border up to around 100. That would be a start, but we haven't got to that point yet. We haven't seen that number of trucks going in on any single day.